Hello and welcome to the Natural Birth Co podcast. I am so pumped to be here today and sharing this amazing, amazing birth story with you. Honestly, I've just been obsessed with this story um, for the last probably a couple of months since Nat started with her pregnancy yoga. So today's birth story is with Nat. She is currently pregnant with her second babe at about 38 weeks pregnant. Now, she's been delving into her story um, throughout this pregnancy at Yoga Etc. And I've been like, oh my gosh, you have to jump on to the podcast to tell your amazing story. So long story short, she had a posterior positioned babe that she birthed vaginally, completely natural. And that is obviously something that isn't super duper common, especially in the hospital setting. Having a posterior baby tends to be more painful and a longer labor, and this can lead to more interventions, um, cesarean sections and um, epidurals, etc. So that's just why I find that story so special and so inspiring because how she really reacted to this amazing birth experience was just so intuitive. And I feel when you are connected with your body, you are connected with your breath, your baby, you're aware of all the different movements that are happening within your pelvis, where baby is pushing up against. And you'll hear in her amazing birth story in a sec how she was just moving so intuitively throughout her experience. And I do believe that that is why she was able to have um, a posterior natural birth. And I'm not saying that obviously women, other women that um, didn't get that natural posterior labor weren't being intuitive, but I'm just saying for Nat's individual experience, I think that really helped her on her way. So I'm super excited for you to hear this one. Um, Now, before we jump into it, I have decided to start some little segments on this podcast. I just feel like there's so much opportunity to make cool, interesting segments for you guys. I'm really going kind of balls to the wall in this podcast at the moment. So um, I'll announce it here first. The new segments on our podcast is going to be before the podcast, whether it be the birth story or an educational episode by myself or whatever. Um, we're going to do an affirmation. This affirmation could be pregnancy, birth, or postpartum. postpartum sorry. And um, the second segment, which is going to be after the podcast, is going to be a slightly longer segment. Now, here at Natural Birth Co., many of you know how much I value value-based decision-making throughout the process of your pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. Now, um, I'll go into exactly what that is at the end, but because I'm so passionate about this, I've decided to take on um, a decision sent in by listeners, so by you guys, sending in a difficult decision that you need to make, um, or maybe that you have made and you're not quite sure if you made the right decision and you're reflecting on it. So this could be a decision to do with pregnancy, birth or postpartum, probably more so pregnancy and birth because that's more my forte. Um, but you guys can email it in to hello at naturalbirthcode.com and I will talk through a value-based decision-making process on this podcast at the end of the podcast and I'll give lots of tips and kind of questions for you to ponder, think about, research so that you can make a decision that's really aligned with you and your values. So that's going to be at the end of the podcast. Um, 
If you're not that interested in them, um, you know, you can always just skip it, particularly because it's at the end of the podcast. However, I just think that uh, it's honestly so important. And even if like some of the decisions might be relatable to you, in which case you're going to get so much value from, but even if it's not fully relatable to you, you just hearing that process and how it is exactly broken down, I just think is going to be so beneficial to you and getting your head around the idea of how to make value-based decisions. Because sometimes, yeah, we might have a week or so to ponder and journal and write down, which is amazing. However, sometimes you need to make a decision and you need to make a decision now. And you have to be efficient with how you go about making that decision. You don't want to be making a decision based out of fear. You don't want to be making a decision based out of pressure and biased opinions. You want to be making a decision that you are not going to regret and it is going to be the best call with the information that you have at the time. So, so excited to have this segment of the podcast. Um, And we have a really, really freaking great one that's going to be at the end of this current podcast. Um, And it's a decision one of our mamas at um, Yoga and um, who did the workshop as well is going through at the moment. And it has been a decision many of my mamas have been faced with. So stay tuned for that. And as I said, if you have a decision that you want me to talk through on the podcast, it obviously stays completely confidential. Send it through to hello at naturalbirthco.com. In one last piece of news, sorry I am going on. There's just so much exciting new stuff at the moment. So we actually have had, by the time this podcast gets released, we have our new six-week online yoga series that is live um, up for pre-sale at the moment and is only for pre-sale for another one and a half weeks at the time that this podcast goes live. So every single Sunday, and we've been doing this for three years, we have what we call our six-week pregnancy yoga series, and every week has a different focus. So we start with body balancing, go into our intuitive flow, hip opening and glute strength, labor preparation, restorative and pelvic floor awareness. And we have this six-week yoga series and we do it um, on repeat on our Sundays. So you guys have been asking for so long for me to get this online, especially for our mamas who don't live here on the sunny coast, or even our mamas that do that have toddlers at home and find it really hard to get out on a regular basis to classes. This yoga series is for you. The previous podcast, um, I do have um, a podcast that delves deep into each of the focuses. If you want to buy this yoga series online, it's $99 right now and in a week and a half on the 12th of July, it's going to go up to $149. So I am so excited for you guys to get the amazing benefits of this yoga series. Our mamas have found time and time again. They absolutely adore the classes. They adore the education. They adore the way that their body feels, the way that they sleep after. And oh my gosh, they just say it helps them so much throughout their uh, birth experience, how much my voice will pop up in their heads throughout the birth experience of different things that we talk about in class and that I kind of say on repeat in class. So I'm really excited to be able to provide it to you guys who are far and wide from the sunny coast. Being able to holistically prepare for your birth is just the most important thing and honestly the thing that I am so passionate about more passionate than absolutely anything in the world. So I'm really excited to share this with you. Um, 
that's about it. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Talk soon. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Birth Co. We help women and their partners prepare physically and mentally for a natural and empowering birth experience. With pregnancy yoga, Pilates and workshops, all led by our registered midwife, we have a studio here on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. Otherwise, all of our services are available online. You can learn more at naturalbirthco.com. If you wish to advertise on this podcast, you can visit naturalbirthco.com forward slash pregnancy dash podcast. Now enjoy this ad-free episode. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. So for a bit of background, Nat actually is pregnant currently with her second bub and you're 38 weeks. Yep. Amazing. And I first met you when you came to Mums and Bubs with your first bub with Patty. I remember yep. that for a couple of classes. And um, and here you are back with your second pregnancy. I know, I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. I was so pumped when you said you wanted to jump on the podcast because I've just been raving about you guys have probably heard me say out on other lives that we've talked about about Nat's posterior baby so mm-hmm. here you are going to hear it in the flesh <laughs> I'm excited to share my story I love <sighs> love love listening to birth podcasts yeah um so yeah I'm not honored to be able to share my story with someone. So cool. So cool. So cool. So let's start how old's um Patty now? So Patty is two this month. To this month. Oh, cool. Okay. So we were talking about just before the potty where um, you said that you, Patty was very much an intentional conception. Tell us about that kind of time of your life when you were deciding that. Yeah. So Paul and I have been together for nine years um, and we'd actually had a few conversations if we probably have kids first or get married first. Um, But I think we weren't both ready we still like to have a good time so we're like we'll just have a big party and really enjoy it and then we can focus on that next phase of life but unfortunately due to COVID (laughs) we never got that big party yeah so yeah we decided to um start trying a little bit of a background with my reproductive health when I was nine I had an ovary removed because they found a big cyst like the size of I think it was a tennis ball wow on my right side that would have been quite painful at the time. Yeah, so I think I was quite sick and then all my symptoms subsided and they were like, maybe it was your appendix playing up. Yeah. And then it all come back with a vengeance six months later wow. and it wasn't until they did an ultrasound, they're like, okay, you have to have surgery like today. Wow. Yeah, so I was pretty full on for a yes. little nine-year-old girl. Who's Absolutely. Like, yeah, no idea what's going on. Totally. I was very sick. Um you wouldn't yeah. even know what an ovary is or like no, what impact and that would have. No, or... and they're all talking. They're like, maybe you're getting your period. I'm like, I don't know what a period is. Yeah. Mum's <laughs> buying me all these books about periods when I was nine. <laughs> it was so overwhelming. Um, uh... So I guess my whole life, few doctors were like, no, it shouldn't impact because you've still got one good ovary. So I've just been monitored my whole life to make sure that one's been okay. Yeah. Um, and then just what we were talking about before the podcast, coming into – when we were about to start trying, my period did go missing. So mm. it has in the past, like when I've gone overseas, like it's like mm, I'm out of routine, it just goes. Yeah. Um, or flying interstate, it'll come late. Like, yeah, yeah, it's always been a little bit sensitive. 
Um, but for me, it was probably um, getting ready for my wedding. So yeah, the wed shred. Wed shred. So <laughs> putting your dress. Um, so yeah, a bit of stress. Over-exercising, yep. under-eating. Yeah. My body was like, yep, no, nah, we don't need a period now. No. So, yeah, I had to work really hard, um, which I think actually was really good leading into pregnancy to just surrender to not doing all the high-intensity exercise I was so used to. Yeah. Um, and learning to, like, journal and meditate and take yeah. it slow and actually yeah. rest. Yeah. Because I think in pregnancy you really need to lean on that. And, again, postpartum. Absolutely. So I actually, once I settled into that, it felt really good. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, chilling actually feels good. Amazing. Yeah. And as you say, like, I think there is times of life where, yeah, times of life it is for like go, 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 busy, busy, busy. But then you do have to know to how to settle down, as you say, and surrender into all the other different practices and be okay with that time of life as well, like yeah. times like pregnancy or, or that preconception where you needed to chill as well. That's cool I didn't yeah. realize all the journal meditation side as well that's awesome yeah which is nothing I'd ever done yeah good <laughs> um, on you being open-minded to it yeah and then I guess like for me at that time was just really looking into ovulation and learning how to track that yeah and I was working closely with um, a nutritionist uh, naturopath and an acupuncturist at the time um, but saying all that, once my cycle did return, we we're really lucky it happened the first go. Amazing. So just, yeah, very, very lucky. I couldn't believe it. So cool. And I actually found out through a doctor, he was like, we'll do your um, blood test to make sure you've ovulated. And I was like, I don't think I have yet. And then he's like, I called him back in a week. I was like, okay, I think I have. Um, he's like, yep, we'll go and get your blood test done. And then he called me on a Friday afternoon and left a message and was just like, um, your progesterone's really high, <laughs> like really high. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say you're pregnant, but maybe do a test and let me know. And I was like, wow. oh, okay. And then that's, yeah, how we found out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would have been super exciting. Yeah. But I was like, oh, try not to get my hopes up. Yeah. And then I got home, Paul's like, do you want to do the test? I'm like, no, they say do it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I slept on it and then, yeah, we had a positive pregnancy wow. test. It was like, yeah, a bit of a shock actually, but so exciting. Yes, absolutely. Because I thought we were for a pretty long road. So, yes. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. And then how did you, like, what was, like, entering that point? Okay, you figured out that you're pregnant. What was your kind of perception on birth based on, like, stories you'd heard, your yeah. mum's experience and stuff? For me, um, my mum had two really straightforward positive, natural, drug-free births. Sick. So I've never, ever feared birth. And going into it, I thought it's like a cool thing that only a woman gets to experience. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to do it. Yes. So that's always been my mindset before I'd even done any research. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't know anything about birth. Though. I think I'd talked to mum about it a few times. Yeah. My cousin had had a really positive birth, um, but a lot of friends hadn't had kids at that point. Yeah. Either, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's more open to talk about it now. Yeah. In the last few years. Yes. Than it maybe would have been. Um. So yeah, I feel I really leaned into like the birth po- podcast. That was probably my biggest. Yes. Um, starting point, learning so about cool. birth. Um, and reading some books. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 So yeah, I guess in that first pregnancy, what did you focus on there in like preparation or was prep much of a thing for you then? Or Yeah. I think like when I was in the conception phase, I was really into it and learned mm. a lot about it. And then we moved into pregnancy phase and I was like, okay, cool. Let's learn about 
what being pregnant is and yeah. labour and birth. So, I yeah, a lot of my reading and podcasting time went into that. Yes. So, yeah, um, read Juju Sudan's. Yes, I've been really wanting to read that. So, that got me – that explained the stages of labour really in depth and tools that you can use. Cool. I think it was really realistic because a lot of the stories in there are like, it hurts. <laughs> like, yes. It's not like you're going to go in and maybe read the baby out. Like, yes. it's really realistic. Um, totally. And gives you lots of really good practical tools. Mm. I think I read um, an anime Gaskin book on breastfeeding mm-hmm. to try and get my head around that. Amazing. I did a calm birth course yeah. with Paul. Um, Waffle Paul. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How I, did he go with it? He How loved was it. it? Yeah. He was like not against going, but he was a little bit like, mm. oh, fair. You right. know, like yeah. what they, how they all kind of roll in, just like I'm here because she wants me to be absolutely here. I'm such a supportive partner. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> look after, at me go. Yeah. And then afterwards, he was like the biggest advocate for it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And a lot of our friends have like gone on to do it because of Paul, like yes. <laughs> raving about it. So, so it seemed good. really good. Um, and that was with Brooke. So recommend her. Yes, yeah. Cooper. We did it up at um I think she's at Kinkin now, but yeah, she's amazing. So yeah. I think Paul liked <laughs> Brooke as well. So yes. that helped. Um and then yeah, I think for the final bits was just reviewing all like the meditations and the yeah. paperwork from that. And yeah, just continuing to listen to the birthing podcast because I think everyone's stories are so different you actually get a lot from it that you don't realize yes did you particularly focus on listening to positive birth stories during your pregnancy um I would say I was pretty open to any of them yeah I think I kind of feel like the more you know and the different endings it can go yeah maybe going into a birth you're not like oh this has only happened to me yes like yeah. everyone's so different. So I, the diversity for me is helpful. Absolutely fair. And I think especially when you as like almost a core belief, I would say, have a positive view on birth. I think that's totally cool. I think sometimes with someone who has a really negative view on birth and they're super duper fearful towards birth, you know, for a whole bunch of different reasons, sometimes I think their negative stories can be a bit fucking touch and go. It's hard. Yeah. I've got a really good work friend who's really – has a lot of ang- underlying anxiety just in life and she's just like, I can't listen. She can't even yes. listen to any of them. Yeah, so. and even the positive ones. Wow. Yeah, she's like, got it. Yeah, she's done all the work, all the things she can do. She's got all her tools, but she's like, I just oh, need good. to step away from it. So, good. yeah, it's interesting yeah. how everyone's very different. Absolutely, But yeah. I seem like I was okay with listening. So good. And the ending. Um, and, yeah, quite enjoyed learning all the different ways it can go. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so then let's imagine you were like towards the end of your pregnancy. Um, yeah, was there anything to report there? Were you experiencing many pre-labory type things or? No, the only thing, so yeah, my whole pregnancy was pretty straightforward. No symptoms until the end when I had pelvic girdle pain. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. But um, it was probably more triggered by me because I was still doing I'd be walk in the morning. Yes. And they'll be like later that night, I'm like, well, probably shouldn't go so far. And then the next yeah. day you wake up and you're like, I feel fine. Yeah. <laughs> <Do it again." laughs> but it didn't impact, like I wasn't on crap, you know, I was still yeah. pretty mobile and um, yeah, I was, I was pretty lucky there. I thought that was probably my only symptom. I thought I was going to be pregnant 44 weeks at one stage. I was just like, yes. so comfortable. This baby feels like it's got so much room. Wow. Um, but I never heard anyone say that. No, and that's what I was like. I got to 39 weeks and I was like, 
no bloody shit. Oh, yeah, no, I was just waiting for all these yes. signs and symptoms, but it made me go a bit crazy, I think. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, no. Like, I haven't had people say they've got all these niggles and yes. I like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to yes. get to 42 weeks. And yeah. So, I got in my head a little bit. Yeah. And I found 39 to 40 weeks really tough, actually. Just kind of like, yeah. will it happen tonight? Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't relax. Yeah. I couldn't just surrender. I yeah. found it really like. You wanted want, to know. Yeah, I wanted to know and. I think you just don't know how it's going to start either. Yes. Like, will my borders break? Yes. Will I have a period pain first? Will yes. I get my show? Like, I just was like, come on, nothing. Yes. <laughs> nothing. Yes. It's a full surrender of control, isn't it? It's really hard. It's going to happen when it wants, how it wants. Yep. Yeah. So, I got to 40 weeks. I had an appointment on my due date and I was so stroppy. I was just like in the hospital, like, I should be in here having a baby. <laughs> And she's like, fair chance we'll see you at 41 weeks, so you need to just, like, relax. <laughs> and I was like, can you check me? And she's like, we don't check you at 40 weeks. And I was like, check me. <laughs> she's like, okay. Um, she's like, nope, tight and close. Like, <laughs> nothing's happening. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> pretty much. And I think I needed to know that. I was like, yes. okay. And then that's when I feel like I actually surrendered because I was like, it's not even close to happening. Yeah. Got, I'm probably going to be holding on for another week. Yes. Very normal for a first-time mum. Like, yes. Let it go. Yes. And I really did. Once I knew that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I actually did relax a bit after that. Good on you. Good on you. Good on you. Yeah. And then I think what happened at 40 – do you want me to keep going? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So 40 plus three, I had acupuncture. I was doing that the months leading up to it cool and I was doing it at Bloom and Grace was like okay you're over your due date let's like ramp it up a bit yes so for the first time they um put all the points in and put the I think the tens or the electrodes on and did ah. a few different things oh okay yeah. cool whereas I think they've been going pretty softly up until then but yeah yes. like, okay this is the next step yeah and then I'm like okay left and then I think Paul picked me up and um we were going to Bunnings and he's just like, do you want to come in? And I just remember like ugly crying in the car. <laughs> he's like, what is wrong? I was like, I'm still pregnant. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> and I was just like, it's so emotional. Oh like, God, I don't want to go to Bunnings. <laughs> I was just like, can't believe it. Can't believe it. Treat is so irrational. <laughs> So I think if this happens again, if I have this like huge emotional release, that's probably my sign. I've heard that actually. Yeah, you have this massive emotional release and that's often a sign that you'll go in like the next 24 hours or so. Yeah, so that happened. And then went home that night, still nothing happened. Couldn't really sleep because I think I was just like, oh, just, yeah, Mm -hmm. in my head. And then I think I went back to the hospital for a check and she's like, do you want me to check you again? I'm like, yep. And then what, the next day? Yeah, I'm 40 plus four, must have ah. been. And I'm like, yeah, we'll give you a check if you want. Like, I yeah. think I was pushing it more than them. And yeah. um, I was like, yeah. Totally, and totally. Like, oh, you're actually a centimetre dilated. Do oh, my gosh. Yeah, and she's like, do you want me to do a stretch and sleep? I was like, yep. Um, and that actually, like, yeah, I was actually okay with that. I thought it would be really painful, but yeah. it's fine. Cool. And then, yeah, I went home and then I just started getting period pains every one hour. Oh, and this is at 40 plus four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so funny story. Mum and dad got in that afternoon, so I had to go pick them up from the airport and oh. they just got in the car and they're like, oh, 
like, you're so pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I think they thought I would have had the baby. <laughs> and then it felt like a little bit of pressure because I was like, well, they're only here for like a week. So hopefully Aww. this happens. Went for a walk around Cardi's and I'm just like, mm, yeah, I'm definitely getting period pain. Like, didn't say anything. Ooh. Sat through dinner at Thai. I was just like, couldn't really eat. I'm like, <laughs> trying to ignore these period pains. Yes. Then Wayne Paul went to bed and about midnight, he's just like, why are you heavy breathing? <laughs> I was like, I think I'm in labour. <laughs> I just ignored it all day. <laughs> That's the best thing to do. That's exactly what I teach my mamas in the workshop is ignore and pretend like you're not yeah. in labour for as long as you can. And I don't think I want to say the words out loud in case it like went away. Yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah. just like, I'm not going to tell Paul. He needs to get a good night's sleep. So then, of course, he sits up. He's like, we're on. Yeah. I'll pack my hospital bag. I'm like, of course, yeah, I'm back to your hospital bag. <laughs> Like you, yep, you go pack that. And yes. then mum and dad are there. So he's like tiptoeing around the house. And I'm like, stuff them. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to tiptoe. This tip is toe. what they're here for. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I laboured in my room. It was definitely early labour. I didn't even call the midwives. Um, even though they were like consistently 10 to 5 minutes apart, getting shorter, they weren't, I don't know, I was just like breathing through them, moving yes. through them. I was like, this cannot be it. Yeah. And then, I am just doing so well at labour. Well, I yeah, am first so off, good. Yeah, I was like, I am killing this. I don't know what people are talking about. And then I realised, yeah, I'm like, I didn't even call them to let them know it started. I was just kind of like floating through it. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the sun came up, it all, like I fell asleep and then I like woke up an hour later and I was like, oh, it's all gone. Ah. Oh. And yeah, that was pretty, you're like, I just put in so much time overnight. And, and you got all excited. Yeah. And I found like if I was moving, so if I went and did the stairs or a walk, it'd come back. Yeah. And if I relaxed, it would go away. And so I got into a funny headspace. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yes. Like, do you relax and just let it come back? Or do mm-hmm. you try and, I'm already in it. Like, mm. I haven't slept. Should we go? So me and mum went for a walk and mum's like, no, we're going home. Yes. <laughs> and then I'd try and do the stairs and they come back and then... Yeah, it would stop and then dad's like, ooh, you look rough. <laughs> and so mum and dad, they're like, we'll go out for the whole day, like let you have your space. So good. Um, and then Paul. Was the intent for them to be there for your labour and birth? <laughs> no. <laughs> mum had us both on our due date, so her due date. Ah. So she was like, you'll go on your due date. I was like, I don't think it works like that. And she was kind of hoping to be there for the babe and to have yeah. support you postnatally. Ah, yeah, Not being our space for my first labour. No, no, no. And then they – so they went out for the day and then I finally was just like, I'm so tired. Like, yes. I when I had a nap. Good. Would recommend it to anyone. Rest, Definitely. Rest, rest. Um, Definitely. And then about 1 or 2 p.m. I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, they're on. This yes. is a real one. Yes. They woke me up. And I was like, oh, my God, Paul. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, so we just – it was just me and Paul at home at that stage. It was, yeah, in the afternoon – And that's when I realised, like, it was all in my back. I was like, holy, this is so painful and it's just all in my back. And I kept just saying, like, Paul, it's all in my back. (laughs) And so much more painful than the time before, earlier that day. Yeah, like, all the early contractions were more, like, period painy in the front. But these are all in the back. And um, I was saying to you, like, I could only get comfortable, like, leaning over a bench slightly. And then Paul just doing really big hip squeezes. Yes. Um. And they stayed at about five minutes. Obviously, we called the midwives um, by that point. And they're like, five minutes, like, you're going really well. She listened yeah. to a few over the phone. I'm pretty silent and internal. So yeah. she's like, yep, no, nah, 
keep going. Like, you're doing really well, but yeah. All good. You guys are right there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think we just did that for ages. I'd just be on my birth ball, pacing around, getting my hip squeezes. Yeah. Um, and then I think when it started ramping up, I vomited. That was yes. one of the... Yeah, so I was like, oh, that was so... After a contraction, was so painful, I spewed. Yeah. And I was, I was like, oh, these are getting, like, really bad. On the phone to the girls, they're, like, jump in the shower. So yes. that gave me a lot of relief. Um, and I just remember going in between, like, going on the toilet, like having yes. pressure, then having to go back to the shower, no go and wee, and like, do I have to poo? No, I don't. Uh, like that kind of feeling so on and off. So conducive of a posterior labour. Yeah, I was just sure. like so much pressure. I don't know where it is. I don't know what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and so the shower really helped. But every time we we're calling the girls, they're like, what are her contractions? And they were all over the place, like yes. five to three minutes apart. Yeah. Some would last 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute. Yeah. And back to 30. Yeah. Um, in between, I don't I don't remember being in pain. Like a lot of people say you saw a bit of back pain. I don't yeah. recall that. I felt pretty okay. But in saying that, I'm like, it's two years and I was pretty out of it. So. Yes. But I don't recall being in pain. It was just for the actual contraction. Interesting. Yeah. And then I just got to a point and... I was like, call them and they're like, we'll come to you and check. And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Because we're 20 minutes from the hospital. Yeah. Then I was like, that's 20 minutes, that's 40. I was like, yes. I'm not coping. I just was like, I think I just need more support. Yeah. I need some help. Yeah. Um, Good on you. But then for some reason, like, I think we made the call at like 5.36. And for some, somehow I could not get in the car. <laughs> like, yes. by the time you decide to leave and actually... And hugging mum and dad on the way out and Paul's sister on the way out and the dog oh. on the way out. Like, oh, cringe. <laughs> just so many people <laughs> in my space all like, good luck. Oh, gosh. Oh, don't have your family there. <laughs> <laughs> and then mum like getting in the car, have you got towels down? Her board has been broken. <laughs> and in that moment you're like, I don't care if the car gets saturated with no. my waters right now. Just get me there. Yeah, yeah. So pretty painful. And now I think about it going to the hospital. I had like, if they were getting really close then, like yes. probably two minutes. I don't know exactly, but it was probably about two minutes apart. Yeah. And I was just stuck in a seated position, which I hadn't been able to do all day. Like it was so painful. And then, yeah, probably from the, like, we got Were to you go, in, like, the front seat, just, like, leaning over? Or? I actually jumped in the back yeah. and I just, like, leant pretty much over Paul in the driver's seat and yes. he just, like, had his hand on my leg. Oh. Like, oh. And I was just so grateful it was nighttime by this stage. Yes. Like, no one could see me. There was totally. no traffic. We could park in the other car park. Yeah. Like, a few things lined up there. Yeah. Um, got out of the car and I reckon every minute I had a contraction. Oh, God. Like, in the lift. Getting there, yeah. At reception, like, then being like, oh, it was really busy, and they're like, oh, in the best way, yeah. Oh. And then Sarah, the MGP um, midwife, she's like, you're not in the two rooms we usually have. We've got like the last room oh, on the ward. Shit. So I was like, I do not care. <laughs> Just get me. I'll go the, right here. <laughs> yeah, like, get me out of the corridor. Yeah. Um, so finally got in there and then I was just like, I can't like all that, all those words, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. Um, I've been doing this for so long and I kind of said before I even went into labor, I was like, if I have a like labor that's posterior and over like 12 hours, I'd like mentally been like, you can have an epidural, like Mm. you've given it. Yes. Like it's so good. You set that standard. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of like. I think got a posterior baby and it's been like 24 hours. Like I'm yes. so tired. 
And Paul and her were just like, you just like, you just got here. And you know, when you think you're getting to hospital, you're like, oh, this lab's still got another yes. few hours left. And they were offering me the water sterile injections. And I, I said this to you before, I don't know if I said it out loud or if I just thought it, but I was like, if I'm having a needle in my back, it's the real stuff. Fucking <laughs> oh, the <laughs> not, epidural. Not yeah. not getting the bee stings. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the pain relief, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, how about, like, hadn't tried the gas or anything. They're like, just jump in the shower. Yeah. And I was just, like, stripped off, walked in. Yeah. Paul said he came in and all the, like, had everything just, like, wrapped around me. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just, let's get you set up. Like, one on my back, one on my tummy. Um, the gas, I think. <laughs> Gave me, like, just gave me the ability to breathe. Yeah. And I think even just Sarah being there, telling me to relax really helped. Yeah. Because I didn't realise all day I'd been so, like, tense. Tense, yes. And then as soon as she's like, nah, try and relax your shoulders. I'm like, oh, that actually helps so much. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. And the breathing and just, I could relax a bit. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I was only in the shower for 45 minutes. And then um, had this huge bum twinge. And then I was like, Sarah, like, yeah, yes. yeah, like something's so different. And then the next contraction was like that ejection. Yes. Reflex. Like yes. my baby was just coming out. Coming and, out. And to at that point, because I'd only been there, like hadn't had any checks or anything. Yes. So um, Sarah's like, oh, you need to, we need to try and empty your bladder, then I can check you. And I'm just like, yeah, baby's coming out on the toilet. Like I can't sit here. And then I hadn't had to lay down that whole time was the only once and I was just like it was unbearable so it was the only time you had had your cervix checked during labor I yeah. love that I love that so much and she's like oh my god you guys are about to meet your baby crazy <laughs> and me and Paul could not I was like in shock crazy crazy because you know crazy. you're like I just got here like yes I just got here yes and then Paul's like she just got here yes and then she's like where do you want to where do you think you want to push and I was like the water said no time. Yes. <laughs> I don't even had time to fill it up. Yes. And then she was like, um, just prop me up. So put him out on the floor with some bean bags. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, and then to lean forward. Yeah. Or, yeah. But in between that, before we got down there, because I was having a few contractions before she set it up, I was actually just leaning on Paul with my arms over his shoulders. And quite instinctively, I remember my knees being internally rotated wow. and finding that a lot more productive um but I think they're a little bit concerned about it happening really quickly and with gravity was that in a standing position over yeah. pole yeah yeah um so they recommend jumping on all fours to do a few pushes mm. um and they I had that classic like head coming out going back in yeah which I know is really good yeah so it's such a mental thing too like totally surely this next one they're like you're so close you're so close and it'd like slip back up yes so then yes. I jumped back up to standing to just get a few more really productive pushes yeah which again I found really like I was a lot more productive in that position yeah that's instinctually where you wanted to be I think so yeah yeah now I look back yeah um and then I ended up back on my all fours to do the final yes push um but he came out all in one go <laughs> Oh my gosh, I really? Think, yeah, that so never happens. Yeah, so I think I was like, they're like, come on, it's been an hour, he's still doing well, like, like you're this close. And yes. I think I was just like, I'm so done. <laughs> and just gave it everything. And they were all just like, oh, one oh, big oh, almighty you. push. <laughs> That's like, like oh let's God. get it done. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
even they were all shocked. I was shocked. And then, yeah, yeah that's how we, I was like, okay, I will not believe that. So oh I never had gosh. that sensation of like where their heads are when his body. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, all in one came all out. All in one. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so that's amazing. And do you mind even for the camera doing like that position you were saying you had this weird oh, little yeah. crook of the hip? Yeah. So the whole time I could only, can I stand up? Yeah. I reckon so. Maybe I'll get a chair to prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like I was like literally as far as this. That's as far forward as I could go. Wow. And I'd just be like this in the shower. Oh, my gosh. Because um, the midwives were like on the frame like, can she sway and like bend forward or like getting all fours? And I was just like, I cannot. No. Like, I couldn't. No. But I think you just did such a good job and like – were you doing yoga in pregnancy? I know you said you did it before. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention I did – it was Joy Mama. Yeah. I didn't know about yeah, yeah. NBC then, but um, – NBC just like, wasn't a thing back then, actually. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what I was like. Um, there was only her stuff that would really come up. So yeah. Hers was more – they do it in blocks. Yeah. So I do one in second trimester. Yeah. And then the third trimester one was all about active birth positions. But yes. like I said, I feel like everything kind of went out the window as soon as Absolutely. I got into, like, active labour. Yes, and – I just think you just did such an amazing job at being instinctual with your birth. And I just think like that position there, and that's what I feel yoga is so good for specifically, like there's heaps of other things, but pretty much nothing else can really help you learn to move instinctually. Like it takes time and practice to tune in and to, you know, get good at actually listening and kind of shutting out the logic and just listening to your body and and being just super aware of your body and not in the thoughts, right? And I think that was just you listening to your body because, yeah, like as I've said in my videos, like that wasn't necessarily a position that I would think would be amazing for a posterior baby. But for whatever reason, in that Mm. position you were in, it just happened to be great. Like It worked, yeah. And I think like I physically couldn't sit or be down or on my back. Like there was just no way. So just being upright and just letting it slowly happen over the day. Yeah, and that little foot thing, <laughs> I, I was reckon. like, I just feel like I can only cock one leg up. Was so yes, weird. and like, because that's creating asymmetry right of the legs. So like in my head, I guess I think um, when baby, I reckon the first bit, like before mm-hmm. you had that nap, that would have been babe kind of moving from the right side around to the back, which yeah. is why that didn't really hurt. Um, so baby's like going into the inlet. So you did all your ball stuff and that would have really helped with babe getting in that top bit of the pelvis. And then when you felt that back pain, babe was, babe was posterior and in that like mid pelvis, which is yeah. why you wanted to do that croc hip because the mid pelvis loves asymmetry what creates space in the mid pelvis is that asymmetry which you just did so well Mm -hmm. and then yeah babe rotated all the way around you got that fucking twinge and yeah the bum twinge the bum twinge (laughs) yes on the left side perfect and that's like babe just spinning around to the front and then you're fucking good to go yeah and yeah like i i don't think i mentioned he's what do you say the right side he came out the right way yes anterior Anterior, yeah away So we so, had to go all the way around. Yeah. So he got there in the end because I know some people birth like yeah. with them in posterior. I didn't have anything like that. But yeah, yeah my labour was pretty much a whole time was getting him to get to that position. Exactly. That took a long time. But It took a long time. Yeah. It took a long time. Oh my gosh. So amazing. Um, did you have any like tears or anything with him? Yeah. So I, I think I'll put that down to him coming out only one go. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> so I had a second degree, not it wasn't directly down my perineum, like to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of ideal. 
yeah, ideal. And it healed, my stitches and everything healed okay. Mm. Um, but I definitely did have some like pelvic floor dysfunction yeah. after birth. And I don't know if it's just my body. Yeah. It was 3.8 kilos, so a bigger bum, but not yeah. overly big. Mm. I only pushed for an hour, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too long. So, mm. yeah, I didn't have any risk factors for it, but definitely something I mm-hmm. had to, like, work on. on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, it's interesting. But as well, you were saying that you were pretty laxed, um, like your joints and everything yeah. were pretty lax. I wonder <clears> if that had anything So, I am, like, a little bit hypermobile, not pregnant. Yeah. And then... With pregnancy and all the relaxing, this is what my pelvic floor physio was saying, like reaction to breastfeeding for me, like my hips and I go yes. to yoga and like Pilates and have all this crazy range. Yeah. They're like, okay, it's bring, <laughs> bring yeah. it back in. Um, so yeah, that was something and my me and my pelvic floor physio were like, you know, the actual diagnosis and prognosis was quite minimal. Mm. But what I felt was really like my symptoms were a lot yeah. more substantial than what my what I was actually presenting so she's like it's so interesting because she's like some women might have a lot worse degree of like prolapse and they have no symptoms but it's so yeah and I don't know if I was because I've had a like a huge part of my identity is playing basketball I was just like I'm never gonna be able to play again yeah like, yeah and I just hyper focused on it yeah and once I kind of just let it go yeah I stopped thinking about it I did my rehab Yes. I slowly got around four months, was able to do everything except like run. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, by like six to nine months, I was back playing basketball. So like it is. So good. You do get better. I think I just had heard like, oh, at six weeks, you know, you get a check and you're good to go pretty yes. much. Yes. Yeah. But then <laughs> basketball is what, like good to go as in like <laughs> yeah. yoga or something. But basketball is pretty fucking intense, right? Such an intense sport. Yeah, and yeah. And it's like, yeah, and it's just all the pre-work you got to do to get your glutes and everything strong. And yes, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been a pretty big journey to get back to something like basketball. But um, did you do like a season or something between the, the two yeah. babes? Yeah. yeah, cool, super cool, super So cool. I was fun, like I was saying to you before, I found it hard to get my groove with any – commitment to anything like I yes was just sometimes going to a gym class sometimes going to Pilates sometimes going to yoga yeah um and then at I think it was about eight months I like rocked up to training I'm like oh I'll just dip my toes in yeah and yeah loved it I was loved just like it, yeah. it was so nice to be back in like a team sport and yes. community again um yeah and yeah I was just like I'll just be a benchy which I was for a bit and then people got injured left blah 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 yeah. and then next thing I was playing full games again wow but yeah your body can do it I just think and you were just wearing the fucking tight shorts to hold your whole pelvis together pretty much (laughs) but it's funny I just think like in hindsight nine months isn't that long yes yeah but in my head like I don't know what I thought just having a baby and I'll just be like three months in back doing stuff like yeah you do see people running maybe that's why yeah. Um, could you yeah. go running after three months or not really? Um, she I could, but it didn't like yeah, I don't know if I was two in my head and Yeah. Yeah, I was like given the green light. What probably more around four or five months. Yeah. But I was still a bit like, Oh, I don't yeah. feel right. So yeah. I just let it go for a bit and then Good. I think basketball helped because I wasn't thinking about myself. I was thinking about other stuff. Yeah. And then after a game I'm like, Oh, I feel fine. Yes. Yeah, so so true. I was just in my own head a bit. So true, so true. So for you specifically, just to clarify that 
breastfeeding for you continued to kind of trigger that relaxing, mm-hmm. continued to make you hypermobile. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a big thing was she's like, when you finish, we hope. She's like, not guaranteed, but everything might return to some level of normal. Yes. Um, and definitely we I finished up at about 11 months. Yeah. Um, and it probably wasn't until, yeah, about that one year mark. I was like, oh. Literally didn't think about it again. Yes. And it really did help. So, so good. And it's kind of good knowing that now. Yeah. Before I was take it super easy. Isn't and it I won't be in a rush. And yeah. I want to breastfeed. And I want to breastfeed as long as I want to. Yeah. And it's just a season. And like my exercise can wait kind of thing. Exactly right. And it's just kind of knowing, isn't it? It's like knowing that it's just a season. It's not going to be forever and you can get through to the end. I think the hardest thing if we have an expectation or we don't know when we fixate on that, but if we can really, yeah, surrender to the fact that it's a season. Yeah. Um, it's just so helpful, hey? Yeah. And I think, yeah, when you're in it, you're just like, it's going to be forever. Like, yes. I was just like, this is me forever. Yes. <laughs> but yes. if you do your exercises and you work with someone you really trust and she was always really positive and hopeful, like, she's yes. like, it's okay. It's okay. Yes. You're only four months postpartum. That's like nothing. Yes. You literally pushed a baby out of your birth canal four months ago. Yeah, like, just like chill. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, we kind of forget like how much of a big deal it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our society is very like bounce back, let's go. Yes. Get back into everything. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So you had babes. Let's, let's rewind to like babe just came out. Mm-hmm. Coming up onto the chest, skin to skin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. How was that whole moment? I thought I'd cry, but I didn't. I think I was honestly like, I was so elated. I just like could not believe I'd done what I'd done. Yes. Um, in shock, but like just so happy. Amazing. Um, so Paul and I just like got to cuddle Patty on the on the floor. We didn't name Cute. him because we have like three names. Yes. Um, I think we just, I think it's just so surreal just this baby because he was quite long so he was 3.8 kilos and 55 centimeters wow that is long yeah so I just was like could not believe something was in me yeah just comes out so long and he had hair and like his fingernails and you're just like just surreal yeah um and then I chose to have an act no I chose to have a physiological third stage cool but um so yeah that probably took 45 minutes but ended up having to get on the birth stool and yeah. they were like, can you push? And I was like, no, nah, I'm done. Yes. Um, and they're like, oh, it's actually there. They're like, do you mind if like, you push if we assisted out? I'm like, yeah, just get this thing out of me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, such relief. But it was my placenta was huge. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They were like, oh, my God, this is massive. And then um, <laughs> they came over and um, it was all pretty intact, but I had ragged membranes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so... That was all good. And then... Did you and Paul look at the placenta? Yeah, they come and choose. So cool. Yeah, and we got it encapsulated as well. Oh, cool. So, yeah, we had a good look. Everything looked healthy. Yeah. They're just, like, so big and we're like, we don't know what's normal. So Exactly, yeah. yeah was Paul grossed out by that sort of thing or not really? No, I think he was just... He'd seen it all because he was up with me, like, when I was pushing. He was, like, supporting me up my... And they're like, come look, Paul. He's like, mm. Yeah. I was like, go look. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, I look back and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah, he's just like, oh, my God, like loved it. So yes. I think he was glad he did go have a look and so see the baby cool. come out. So I was cool. like, would you catch the next one? He's like, no, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, looked at that. That was all good. And then 
probably the worst part of my birth, like, is the next bit where you, like, have to get in the stirrups and they uh, yes. check and then I hadn't had any drugs and they're like, here's a local and you're like, I don't want a needle anywhere yes. <laughs> near my vagina. Yes, yeah, and they have to sit you up and do the local. Yeah, yeah. that sucks, hey. So, yeah, I was loving the gas at that point. Yes, good, good, good. Um, So, yeah, I had a good, like, well, yeah, we got that, like, nice 45 minutes on the floor with Paddy and then he came yeah. over to the bed. So I had to be cuddle um, and that's when I felt like, I don't even know if I want to say this, Paul's like, you just a little bit like a piece of meat. <laughs> a bit what? A bit like a piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just like, I felt so sorry for you because like you're in stirrup, like you've had yes. this amazing thing. Then you're just like in stirrups, getting inspected and like, yeah, yes. getting my stitches looked at. And he's like, I had patty on one boob and then the other midwife like getting colostrum out yes um and then paul's there trying to feed me sandwiches like in between me on the gas yes it's just a lot going it's on so, hey. it was just like a lot and like i'm in and out of it on the gas yes and, and paul would have just been observing from the background being like what the fuck's going on here? Was like they're like make sure she eats yes <laughs> like, i don't think she wants these sandwiches <laughs> So it like it has to happen, but that's probably the leap. Like I think once you've been through something so beautiful and amazing, yeah, it's unfortunately a part of it, and it has to happen. But yes. you're just a bit like, oh, I didn't like that bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. But mm. yeah, so cool. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And then I think it's just surreal. Like I want to have my first shower, come back, and then. I don't know, it just felt like we just got there and we just checked in and yeah. then um, we were just like wheeling our baby over to the maternity world and we're just like giving thumbs up to yes. the reception chicks. We're all like, yeah. Woo! Yeah. So good. It was really good. I loved so it. Good. So yeah, I had like an amazing experience, even yep. though it was really t- tough and painful and yes. I don't know, just, I don't know if it's because of how I felt towards birth to start with mm-hmm. or... Maybe just the fact that I got through it, how I wanted to and had natural delivery. Yeah. Or just the like, because I hadn't had drugs, like all the endor- the hormones and oxytocin oh, hormones and the epic. rush. Like I just had that rush for like two weeks. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Two weeks that lasted. That's just epic. Yeah. Did you feel that kind of connection with Patty like immediately, do you reckon? Yeah. Or- yeah, sure. sick. And sick. even like Paul just laughs because we, by the time we got back, it was pretty like early morning, like one or two I was cuddling him, then um, Patty, I think, went to Paul. And then we're like, should we try and put him in the – just classic new parents. Like, should we try and put him in the bassinet? And then we're like, do you remember how to swaddle? Yeah. <laughs> Paul's like, no. And then I was like, I went up and I had, like, the shakes. I'm like, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> and then Paul said um, he – like, he took Patty. He's like, you need some sleep. And then they kind of fell asleep on the little fold-out bed together and he woke up Cute. and I was just like – I hadn't slept, just staring at them. <laughs> And uh, I was like that for days. Like it was so hard to like actually sleep and switch off. Yes, that's but, yeah, so cute. That was a good feeling. And yeah. then, yeah, that probably led in like postpartum was really positive for me as well. Yes, epic, epic. Because yeah. breastfeeding was pretty normal for you, hey? Yeah. yeah. So I think definitely had really sore damaged nipples. Um, not too bad, but like cracks. Yes. And I f- my nipples are sensitive in pregnancy anyway yes. and my periods and everything. So I was kind of like the first two weeks of the nipple pain, I was like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was something I really wanted to do and everyone assured me it doesn't last. Like everyone yeah. you talk to is like, it will get better. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, just persisted with that. He was a good feeder too. I think that helped. It was just yes. me, like him drawing my nipples out and like – yeah. Just getting used to that sensation and toughening them up. Yeah. 
Um, and he, yeah, like he never lost weight. He put on lots of weight. My milk so came good. in on day three. So like all that I think helped. Like, yes, definitely. It was pretty smooth. Um, and then I just went to the child health nurses three weeks in. Yeah. And I was like, I just wasn't sure because his crack wasn't getting better. And I was like, do I feed through it? She's like, it's up to you. Like you can, if you want to mm. give it a break, you'll just have to hand express. Um, mm. And then she was actually just showing me one position to do of how to like put my um, breast and nipple in his mouth. She's like, yes. everyone cups this way, but it's actually, you should cup that way because that's the bit that goes to the top of their mouth, depending yes. on how you hold them. And that was again, like barely Game any changer. pain. It healed up so quick. It was crazy. So sorry, you were holding Patty along sideways? Yeah, because he was so long. Yes. It was actually, honestly, like there wasn't many positions that we found very comfortable. So yes. he did the classic like cradle across the body. Yeah. And I think I'd always hold his head and do it this way. Yes. And angle my nipple, but it wasn't going to the top of his mouth. It was probably more to the side. Yes. And she's like, yeah, a lot of people do it like that. Just change the way you position the nipple Absolutely. In. And it was like magic. Absolutely. Oh, that's – isn't it so funny how like one tip can just change Yeah, because it was – even at the hospital, it was funny. Like football hall, not working. Like this way, he's so long. <laughs> like, yes. It just was like not working. Yeah. Plus I've got – I think it's all your own anatomy too. Like I've got yes. bigger boobs but like flatter nipples. So it's like – Yes. Like some people have smaller boobs but big nipples yes. and then their baby's got a little mouth like – yeah, and you then can you t- imagine the length of your torso. Like if you've got a long torso, they can sit upright. But then if you've got a shorter torso or your boobs are down here, then obviously the baby's like this, yeah. which is awkward. So I think like even with breastfeeding, you can do all the prep, but yeah. you two have to tango. That's it. And physically work it out on the outside. So That's so true. Once we got a bit more comfortable, it was like, okay, we had a really good – and I loved so it. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah, you loved breastfeeding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect. perfect and I'm like, perfect. when I have all my dreams now, it's funny, it's like always about breastfeeding. Wow. And I was like, oh, I must be really looking forward to it. Isn't that fascinating? I've actually had a couple of breastfeeding dreams as well, which is super <laughs> random. I just think it's the most fascinating thing, like a few things that you guys go through, but it must be specifically breastfeeding. I'm just like, I wonder what that feels like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it'd be wild. It is wild. And then it's so, <laughs> it's so like once you get over the – and you show awkward, hard, painful part. It's just like so natural. Yes, yes, the yeah. most natural thing in the world. So, yes. but you have to work on it. It doesn't just feel natural at the start. That's exactly what I say to my mum. Is it's the most natural thing that you'll ever do, but it doesn't come naturally. Don't mm-hmm. expect it to come naturally. Like majority of the time, it's going to be hard work to establish yeah. hey, for both you and babes. And even knowing coming to second. They're going to be so different too. So yes. you might have more skills, but you're still going to have to teach your babe. Yes. And they might have a tongue tie or small, you know, like yeah. there's so many things you can't control too. So Absolutely. Yeah. And like, how is it that um, you've had a bit of time off breastfeeding now? Mm-hmm. The nipples are going to be back as, I guess, more sensitive. Yeah. I, I never knew that until like maybe a year or so ago. I thought that once you breastfed once, they were like kind of not sensitive forever. Yeah, no, that's what I thought. And then all my friends like, oh no. No. <laughs> the pain comes back. You have to go through it all over you again. You start again, yeah. What a mission. I know. I just, I'm like, okay, I know what to expect. I've got yes. like the little silverette cups because I've heard there. That's right. Yeah, there's a few more things in my toolkit. Yes. Yeah. And I think just having confidence and like a bit more experience with positioning and latching. Yeah. Hopefully that pain. Won't last the two weeks, but if it does, yes. I know it's just short term. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So in reflection of your birth, your postnatal period, 
Is there any like, I guess, lessons you've learned or things you would do differently? Yeah, so I think because I'm right in the like thick of going into that 39, 40 weeks. Yes. I feel a lot more calm and content and I'm so happy waiting. Yes. And I think I'm doing things like my antenatal expressing, bit of perineal massage, mm-hmm. acupuncture, my yoga, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to relax and all the other stuff yes. because I think – Last time I was like, my baby can come when it wants to, but I'm going to do everything to make you get out yes. <laughs> at the same time. Whereas this one, I'm like fully just surrendering to it. And I don't know if that's because I've already got a two-year-old and mm-hmm. it's hectic. Yeah. And I'm you just haven't got as much time to think about it maybe. Yeah. And I've just got this like, it's just us three for the next little bits. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, this side I'm loving and the next side I'm going to love yes. as well. So I just feel like a lot more calm and content. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, how I feel in the next few weeks. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Interesting. Interesting. Um, postpartum. I think we did it well. I just, like for me, I like to be, I was actually, so my last postpartum, I was actually really content being at home. I don't know if it was because it was winter, mm. but that first six weeks, I rarely, like I might've gone out for a quick walk with Paul or, mm-hmm. but I hadn't, I liked more people popping in. Yeah. And I just bring coffee, I'd hang out, I'd feel like I had my social for the day. Yeah. But I didn't have to get dressed or like put any pressure to be anywhere. Yes. So I think I'll be the same. And I don't know if that was because I had to learn to really slow down and just go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but you still liked being social and around people. Yeah. 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 Because was – Re actually, we should say that um, this babe has the same birth date as Patty. Patty. Yeah. Due date, at least. Yeah. 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 So that'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. But um, – wait, is it the same due date as Patty or the same due date as his birthday? Um. Same as his birthday. So yes. Patty was yeah. due on the 18th, came on the 23rd. Yeah. This one's due on the 23rd. Okay. So I was okay. like, maybe it'll come on the 18th. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. I, would, I prefer a different day, but if the 23rd's a special day for us, it must mean something. <laughs> How interesting. Yeah. How interesting. Um, And oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Um. Love that. Um, anyways, I can't remember. But yeah, okay, cool. So in regards to birth, do you have any extra tools or anything like that that you would take in? Yeah, so from I did your um, How to Cope with Pain in Labor workshop. Yes. And even though I did a calm birth, I felt like I got more practical tools maybe out of that. So good. Um, so I've got a TENS machine this time. Yeah. Especially I'm assuming I'm, – I'm not assuming anything but – if I do have another posterior baby, I think that'd be yes. very helpful. Yeah. Having that sensation on your Hugely. back. Hugely. Yeah, a game Hugely changer. Hugely helpful. Um, I think I've got the comb and we practice yeah. with that and I'm just like, oh my God, I can see how this would work so yes. well. Um, and then my breathing, I think I'm, like I, I think I used it in early labour, but it all went out the window. But I feel like I've been practising it more this pregnancy. So good. So and I you're always like so good, good with your naturally. breath in yoga as well. Yeah, so I think I have been using it more. I've gotten better at it. Yeah. So hopefully I can use it a bit more in that active labor. Yes, yeah. Um, and then I actually didn't do any birth intentions or birth plan mm-hmm. the first time around. And I don't know if that's because I just wanted – I kind of knew what I wanted, but I didn't want to get fixated on something. Yes, yeah. Whereas this time I've done it more just so everyone can help remind me with the tools I'm using. Yeah. So it's very focused on first stage, 
what do I want you to remind me to do or help yes. me do? Second stage around pushing and my perineum. Yes. Like the compress and making me slow down. Yes. And not pushing my baby all out in one go. <laughs> yes. Great. I'm glad that you reflected on that because that was yeah. something I was going to mention. Sick. So I've been yeah. like very intentional around. I want a lot of, hopefully we can get in the water. Yeah. And like if I can't, lots of compress support and just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make, try and make me slow down at that point. Yeah. Um, and using my breath there. So. Yes, so um, good. And then third stage, interestingly, even though I had the physiological third stage, I don't know if I want to have an active management to get it done. Then we can just really enjoy that hour. Valid. Because um, I guess last time I felt like it was a little bit interrupted being like still in there. Yes. Have you felt anything? Having to get on that un- really uncomfortable birth stool. Like it's Yeah, with your baby and yeah. like they're like, you try and pull it out. And I was like, I can't. No, I've tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even imagine that. I was That's like, a bit too much. <laughs> And I think they were like, because there must be a policy at hospital, like they don't want to break it. So yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, we'll do it. I think we often do that. We put the ball in your court. It's the same with like the vaginal exams. We have to do vaginal exams on the bed. But if we're like, oh, if you just slip your fingers in and see if you can feel the head. Yeah. It's just such an easier way to not interrupt you, but still kind of know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I've just said in the birth intentions, like I'm open to both. I'll be guarded. Yeah. Yes. I love on the day. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then just like sometimes you feel like you're writing the obvious because I feel like at school they've got really good practices, but. Definitely you can't be in. too obvious. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Like they know um, most people want delayed called camping and that like golden yes. hour. Yeah. And the first breastfeed and all of those things. But yeah, I think just pop them in. Yeah. And then you all know you're on the same page. Yes. Maybe I feel like that because I am with the MGP. Um, and I know the midwives I'm most likely going to have on the day. Yeah. But she was like, even though we know, definitely put everything in writing because it so might not good. be us on the day. So so good. Yeah. It was so interesting good. writing one this time. Yeah. And I love um, you calling it birth intentions. I haven't heard that before, but I think that's really nice. By the way, feel free to put the fan on. It's just behind you. Oh, yeah. I'm so hot. Behind <laughs> your head. It is heating up a lot in here. Um, I love all that because that was something I was actually going to mention. So I'm super glad you brought that up is that you said the last – the last time the worst part was the being sewed up afterwards and the whole local anesthetic, et cetera. Mm. And the fact that you only had a second degree considering this scenario is pretty sick. Um, (laughs) So this time, if you were to like take it a bit slower, you could very potentially have no tear or a small tear. And sometimes small tears don't even need to be sutured. So imagine if you got to skip that kind of whole experience. Um, so yeah, I love that you've got that in there. And then the fact as well that you're considering going in the water would really minimize the risk of tearing as well. Um, as like taking it slow and doing your little breaths. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I think I was like, cause it was, yeah, the first time it was just like such an effort to try and get him over that last yes. bit whatever was stopping yeah yeah the force was just like too much at the absolutely end. so and as you said um you liked standing up before mm-hmm. but then you were kind of I don't know for like pr- pressured maybe or whatever to be on all fours or encouraged yeah. to be on all fours um maybe even just following like what your body was telling you to do because when yeah. you're standing and you've got that internal rotation you're gathering all the skin in the perineum so yeah. it's got more room to stretch rather mm-hmm. than if you're leaning over it's kind of stretching that little bit yeah. more just from the position and ho- I'm just hoping now I've got I've done it before I might have a bit more confidence to be like oh no this feels good for me yes. whereas 
I was a little bit like, yep, wherever you think I need to go. <laughs> so normal. So yeah. normal. Yeah. And I think they were trying to protect my perineum because they were like, if it comes really quick and yes. it's big and it's upright, you might have a high risk of tearing. That's yes. like where they're thinking was Totally. That. So I was like, oh, totally don't want that. Yes. <laughs> so let's go back to where it's a bit more controlled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I don't know how I feel in the water because it's like it'll feel better in some ways, but then I feel like you won't. I don't know, but you won't have as much grip. Yeah. So you're not going to have your, like, knees really on something or your feet. Yeah. So I don't know how I'll go, but I want to give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind you have to take the tens off to get into the water. So what I said, yeah, me and Paul have chatted about that actually because I'm like, I've got a tens, so I'm like, because we're talking about the shower setup and stuff and – I was like, well, maybe I won't even want to go in the shower if I don't want to, like, part with my tens. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, we'll have it all ready to go. But it'll be interesting Absolutely. to see what feels good on the day. Absolutely. And, like, because you may reach a point where it's, like, with the tens, oh, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much, and then um, you'll jump in the water. But you might not ever reach that point with the tens that it's too much that you feel like it's not doing anything anymore. Yeah. And, yeah, you just don't want to part with it and you yeah. choose to not go in the water, which is cool too. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I'm so excited. Exciting. I'm excited to go again. Yes, you're excited for birth. Yeah, I think so. So cool. Excited. I'm not nervous. Yeah. But it is what you were saying before, like, you know what's coming. Yes. <laughs> and my mum's been like this whole time. She's like, I want you, the first real contraction you feel, I want you to write down everything you were thinking. Yes. <laughs> That'd she, be so interesting. Because she was like, yeah, had a really good first birth and then – yeah. Like, oh, I'm not, I wouldn't get, why would I get an epidural? Why would I do this? I've done it all before. It was fine. And then she yes. said she had her first contraction. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about this. Yeah. So good. So, what have you done different for this pregnancy in comparison to the next pregnancy? I've definitely been the yoga, like more consistently. So good. Um, I was doing more Pilates to try and, and that actually kept my pelvic um, girdle pain at bay Epic. for way longer. Epic. Like I didn't have any until 36 weeks, whereas the last time it kind of flared up about halfway, but it was only when I was doing like lunges or like really big movements. Yes. But yeah, I felt a lot stronger in yeah. my core and um, my glutes and everything. Yeah. Um, back listening to Australian The Birth Story podcast, yes. I guess that's not different, but it was funny after I'd given birth, I was like, I don't want to listen. I'm yeah. done. Um, and so yeah, I've kind of got back into that. So good. Then apart from that, it sounds bad, but I think, yeah, just with your two-year-old, it's a lot harder to really get into it. Valid, valid, valid. So I've really made a conscious effort to really immerse myself in it for the last 10 weeks. Yeah. Get my head back in the game. Yeah. Honestly, you've been amazing at coming to yoga consistently. It's hard. I think getting started's hard, but then when you prioritize yourself and Yes. that out and it's a non-negotiable it's actually easy to stick to you just locked it in you were coming every single Wednesday and then you changed it to Sundays and you come every single Sunday yeah. and I think that's way better than starting the week and being like when am I gonna make it to yoga this week you just have it fucking locked in yeah. hubby knows everyone knows that that's what you do on yeah Sunday and I think at the start of the year we were very busy socially busy and then like because mm-hmm. I knew coming into like the late pregnancy I don't want to go away or do anything yes. so Sundays being and I like yeah. actually love just tapping out of parenting for Sunday afternoon. So good. It's such a treat. Have a couple with the gals. <laughs> love it. Paul's like, you go into your three hour yoga. 
I was like, yes, I am. We would do it's 45 beautiful. minutes of stretching and then just gas back for an hour and a half. So my best three hours of the weekend. I, <laughs> I love, it. love it. Like, obviously, I've done every single Sunday for years now and it's never a drag going. I'm always like, I'm just going to go catch up with my friends now. I know. <laughs> and it's like, I think going into winter, it's getting better because it's like cozier yes. and darker and your teen. Yeah, it's been awesome. So it's such good. a good community. Oh. I Highly recommend anyone go. And a lot of my friends, I guess, are from Basel. So they're high-intensity gals that can't yes. relax. <laughs> yeah. But I think once they get there and, like, surrender to it. Yeah. Um, I think it's just such a nice way to bond with your baby and, like, check in and yeah. connect with other pregnant mums. It's just been awesome. So good. Thank you. Yeah. So Lucky I found you. Thanks, Ray. making segment number one as you can tell I'm pretty bloody excited to be doing this I just think having this segment is so cool and so different I haven't heard of anyone else doing it I feel like you guys are going to get so much bloody value especially the ones that have written in the questions but then if someone's written in the question most likely so many of you are actually experiencing this exact same thing so I'm really really pumped um, that you guys are going to get so much value from this segment. So let's get straight into it. Now, if value-based decision-making is a completely new topic to you, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. So value-based decision-making is um, created here at Natural Birth Co. And I teach all my couples exactly how to make value-based decisions. Value-based decisions, I think, is probably the most valuable skill you can learn throughout your pregnancy. So here at Natural Birth Co., we completely understand that birth is uncontrollable. There is a few things that we can control and we I really encourage you to hold on to these things that you can control so tight and don't give that power away to anyone. However, we do have to have the beautiful balance of surrendering to what we cannot control at the same time, surrendering to the experience of birth. Our birth is going to go how it can go and sometimes there is nothing we can do about it. So we do have to have surrender and acceptance towards what we can control, can't control, sorry, and hold on tight to what we can control. Now, here at Natural Birth Co., when we talk about avoiding birth trauma, which is a very sad but real thing we need to talk about, I feel like the key to avoiding birth trauma is one, doing absolutely everything you can in your pregnancy to prepare for birth. Two, is being the sole decision maker of your pregnancy and birth experience. If you're making the decisions and you've done everything you can to prepare, then birth trauma is going to be so much more less likely. I really feel like if we give our power away, one, if we don't do what we need to do to prepare, or two, if we give our power away and we don't make decisions about our birth and pregnancy, we are left with regret, guilt, what ifs, after birth, in that postpartum, if your birth hasn't gone how you wanted it to go. And I feel like that guilt, regret, what ifs, that is the root of so much birth trauma, which is so avoidable if we are to take control of what we can, which is our birth prep and our decision making. 
So when it comes to value-based decisions, I always teach my parents to do to consider three main things. So we want to consider the opinion and the facts from the healthcare provider. That might be someone like myself. That might be your doctor. That might be your midwife at the hospital. That could even be a doula. Um, considering the healthcare provider's opinions. They're all going to have different opinions and so-called facts that are quite often swayed by their own opinion. And that's just human nature. So you can that's one part that you consider. The second part is the research. Do your own research. If you need a hand with research, I'm actually probably going to do a podcast about it. So keep in the loop. But I do know for a fact, a blog called Midwife Thinking is amazing. And also evidence-based birth is amazing as well. So do your own research on whatever decision it is that you have to make. And thing number three to consider when making your value-based decisions is, of course, your values. Literally, Two different couples, and I have this happen all the time throughout our um, birth workshop and throughout our yoga, is two different couples will look at the exact same problem and look at the exact same facts that they hear and come up with two different solutions that make sense to them and align with their values. Neither are right nor wrong. Absolutely neither are right nor wrong. It is so important to make a decision based on your individual values. Someone who doesn't really care too much about things like natural birth or gut health of babes or, um, you know, the first uh, like initiation to breastfeeding and whether they breastfeed or not. If you don't really care too much about that stuff, that's okay. And that's your choice. And that's not right or wrong. And that person is going to make very different decisions as opposed to someone who really, really cares about having a natural birth, really wants to um, have a baby with great gut microbiome and really wants to breastfeed. So that's going to be two totally different decision-making processes. So we always consider these three things when making value-based decisions. So I'm going to use the decision that one of our mamas from the birth workshop is going through at the moment. And I'm going to give you a long story short because there's lots of different facets to this scenario, but I'll give you a long story short. So we had a conversation on the phone yesterday regarding this specific decision, but I was really quite aware of her current um, experience and situation that she was in. So she's with me for her second babe. Her first babe was an emergency cesarean section for failure to progress. Now, um, this happened on the back of having sex to induce labor, that then turning into her waters breaking and labor contractions not really starting by themselves. And then that went to failure to progress. So now she's come back to me with her second babe. She wants a VBAC. Now, she's at about 38 weeks. And at 34 weeks, she had to have a scan. I can't remember why. And um, baby's head was above the 99th centile, but the weight was fine and normal. Now, to add to all this, her friend has had to experience a stillborn before, which is also obviously super awful and something that is definitely going to sway this current mama's values and opinions, okay, which is so valid and so normal for anyone going through that. Now, when it comes to this decision, there's a few things at play here. So her midwife is kind of like leaning her towards absolutely having an induction before 40 weeks. The concept of going before after 40 weeks is just not even a thing with the head, the size that it is and her being a VBAC. This is something that the woman was kind of like, oh, okay, 
I have to go before 40 weeks. And then when she said that to me, I was kind of like, you do realize that that's just this midwife's opinion of when you should be having labor by. There's absolutely nothing saying that you have to make sure that you have this baby before 40 weeks simply because the 34-week scan said your babe's head was above the 99th centile. First of all, we know scans are inaccurate AF. And second of all, you're not a diabetic. Having a big baby isn't a complication of pregnancy. It's a variation of normal. And that is discussed in one of my favorite, favorite midwifery books, which is called Why Induction Matters by Rachel Reed. We know that having a big baby is a variation of normal. So technically speaking with the stats, you your body is going to grow a baby that you can birth. So definitely make sure that you consider that an option and a choice that you may or may not want to have your baby or be induced or whatever method it is that you have your baby before 40 weeks or after 40 weeks. That's still very much a choice. That's not something you have to do. Second of all, something that this woman had considered is that she really didn't want to have an induction and she was thinking that she'd rather have a cesarean section over an induction. So then she was thinking of um, booking the cesarean section for 42 weeks and kind of hoping labor would start before then and then going from there. Now, what she hadn't really considered here is if she's actually willing to go to 42 weeks. So when I brought up, okay, cool, there's two things to consider here as to when you want to have this baby, whether it be an induction or a cesarean section. When do you want to have this baby considering the size of the head and considering the risk of stillborn, which is very much the whole point of induction a lot of the time is to avoid the risk of stillborn going too late as a gestation. So for her, considering her friend, she very much was saying that she is fear going past 40 weeks. So and that was something I was kind of like, obviously, she didn't even think about that when she booked this cesarean for 42 weeks, was kind of like, well, why do we book a cesarean section for 42 weeks when you're not even willing to go to that gestation? So whether you are having to have a cesarean or an induction, you don't want to go past 40 weeks. Okay, so that was the first decision that we needed to consider based on her values. And we've already, keep in mind, we've already discussed all the research in our birth workshop that we went through together. And she had already talked to her healthcare providers about this. Then I discussed with her after that. I was like, okay, cool. So now we know you don't want to have your baby. You don't want to birth your baby after 40 weeks. What um, is leaning you towards having a cesarean section as opposed to having an induction? Because in our birth workshop, we go so deep into how to have a successful induction. Now, um, we don't necessarily, just because we're having an induction, we don't just have to sit back and let the induction be happened to us. We don't just sit back and receive all this care and kind of have no say over what happens from then. We can have complete control over the method of induction, the rate of induction, how quickly or slowly we allow the induction to go down. So that was something that I wanted to talk to her about. And again, there's neither right nor wrong. If you absolutely just don't want any of the induction techniques, you would rather a cesarean section, go for it, my friend. That is so fine. So then we talked about, okay, cool. How would you feel about the concept of letting the drip go slow, 
of getting the waters broken and then going for a walk after, of being super duper controlling of your birth environment. Like your partner knows all about exactly how your environment is. This particular woman didn't necessarily want the midwife in the room. She wanted to be very much left alone. So considering all those things, they know exactly how to create space in the pelvis. They know exactly how to position themselves to allow space for baby to move down. They know exactly how to move through a stall in labor. Now, considering all those things, how did she feel about the concept of not doing an induction to have a cesarean section? If she was to have a cesarean section at 40 weeks, do you think you'd be like, sweet, I'm so glad I avoided that induction. Labor didn't start naturally for me and I'm happy to have um, a cesarean section and I don't have regret. Or do you think you would always think, what if I let myself have that induction? And it all went really well. And then I posed the option, which is another super great thing to consider. And this is the benefit of having, um, you know, someone, a midwife looking after you who has your best intentions at heart is that I was like, what if you were to start your induction and you realized okay, cool, my body's obviously so not ready because some, some inductions are easy. Some inductions, it, all it takes is a sniff of Sinto and mama's contractions will start easily. Baby will descend down easily. She gets really in the zone. Some inductions, the contractions are just all over the fucking shop and they're just like starting, stopping, starting, stopping. They're not very strong and we keep jumping up the Sinto up and up and up and up to like 30 mils an hour and the labor is just not going on very well. Obviously, that body is not ready to have a baby. So then in that scenario, she might be like, okay, cool. Um, my body's not ready to have this baby vaginally. So I'd prefer a cesarean section in this circumstance than to have this shitty induction that's probably going to go south or just be really long and hard and annoying rather than a nice, smooth, successful, easeful induction. So that was an option as well that this beautiful woman hadn't even considered, which is valid because it's a bit of a far-fetched option, right? So um, that was another thought that I put out there. I'm like, considering all these things, how do you feel now? And then she was like, you know what? I actually, I do really reflect on with our first birth, how she feels it went south because of... um, the drip being turned up so quickly, so quickly, so quickly, putting her baby into distress, that now being able to literally combat what caused it last time, she feels a lot safer and more at ease with this induction going down to play. And she feels so much faith in her birth partner who attended the birth workshop with her, with me, and um, so much faith in him understanding how it works and him knowing, okay, I want the drip to not go as fast. I want to have the birth environment as this. I want this. I want that. And he knows exactly what she's talking about because he's just as aware and educated as she is. And that is so key to being able to enter this VBAC that may end up in induction where she has these other fears going on with safety and with comfort is having safety and comfort and confidence in your birth partner. Birth partner prep is so vital because that as well, Not only is it making her feel better now, but it's going to make her feel so much better throughout the actual experience of labor because she's able to surrender. She's able to calm. She's able to descend into her reptilian brain. She doesn't have to stand up for herself. She doesn't have to be masculine in that moment of birth. She doesn't have to be kind of like keeping an eye out and putting a defense up against, you know, 
midwives or doctors because she's wanting to do things differently because her husband's all over that. He's going to do that. He's going to wear the pants and all she has to do is surrender and soften into her labor experience. So considering all that, what we ended up kind of deciding on is that, okay, she wants to have this baby at 40 weeks, first of all. Second of all, she wants to try the induction and she wants to do it in this way. First of all, she's going to break the waters, have a break after the waters break to see if um, oxytocin start, if, if contractions start on its own. In that time, she's going to do a whole bunch of oxytocin stimulating techniques with her partner that we discussed in the birth workshop. Second of all, if they do have to start the drip, then they're going to start it really, really slowly. They're going to really easily increase the drip until she gets to having three contractions in 10 minutes. Once she gets to that point, They're going to ask the midwife to clear the room and let her labor on her own. What we then discussed was, okay, with an induction, you're going to need to think about and preempt what you want to do about your monitoring, which is monitoring baby's heart rate, and also your vaginal exams, which is checking your cervix, because that's going to be a normal procedure of the induction that we would do, and you're going to need to know what you want to say to the midwives um, that fits and aligns with your decision-making and your values. So what they had already preempted because they had what we call the CTG last time, what her and her husband had already preempted before our phone call and they decided this after discussing it after the birth workshop that we discussed as an option is rather than having the CTG, they're going to do 15-minute Dopplers. They're going to do that for a few hours and if that's all fine, then they're going to go back to half-hourly Dopplers. If their induction is going for over, I think she said 15 hours, then they want to have the CTG put on to record baby's heart rate because they're being, that's to them what the re- responsible amount is of time um, before they want to check that baby's not getting distressed because that's what happened with their first baby is babe got distressed. Now, that's another um, beautiful decision that they made. And in regards to the vaginal exams, what they ended up deciding is they don't want vaginal exams at all. They only want them when they request them if they are concerned about the position of baby's head. If you're wondering why that is, go back and listen to my vaginal exams and how the cervix actually works podcast. I think it's around podcast number 25. It's um, fucking phenomenal. And it gives you so much insight into vaginal exams and how the cervix works. So that's where that decision came from for her. Now, um, what was the last part of that decision? Oh, yeah. So then she came up with the call that if her body doesn't seem like it's ready for labor, they're going to go to a cesarean section. So they're going to have a low threshold for cesarean section. She doesn't want to feel like she's just fucking flogging a dead horse type of situation in her induction, which is her choice completely. Now, um, what she had also decided is that due to last time, the sex leading to the waters breaking, she's been kind of erring away from natural induction techniques. Now, this time, what she is considered is because she's willing to have the induction at 40 weeks, she is going to start the natural induction techniques at 39 weeks if her labor obviously hasn't started naturally on its own. Um, so that was literally achieved in a one-hour phone call. Keep in mind, she had been this beautiful woman has been doing pregnancy yoga and Pilates every week. She's been doing um, the birth workshop 
the How to Cope with Pain and Labor workshop, practicing contractions at home, having really great, insightful conversations with our husband, really reflecting on their previous births, what they would have done differently, and if that situation arises again, what they're going to do this time. That is honestly huge, especially entering into something like a VBAC. So that was the decision-making process we went to this time. Now, again, I want to reiterate, none of those decisions are right or wrong. They are perfect for her and her husband and their values. Now, if you oppose with the exact same situation, I don't want you to think you have to choose the same thing as her, but I want you to consider the three things, the healthcare professionals, the research, and your own values, and break down every single step. And try to open your mind in regards to your options, such as in this lady's example, the option of having a low threshold to cesarean section. Do an induction. If it doesn't go amazing, just go straight to a cesarean section. That's something that isn't often considered. That is very much an option for you. So, um, yeah, try to think outside of the box in regards to options. Try to ask your healthcare provider for their opinions and their like if there's any options. Ask them what your options are. Get them to talk about it with you. And if they won't, try to seek the help. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to people in your area, maybe any friends who are midwives, etc., to see if they have any ideas based on your situation. Listen to podcasts, listen to birth stories, hear inspiring stories that you're like, oh, I like that decision that that lady made there. That sits good to me. Or, oh, I don't like that. I wouldn't do that in that scenario. Um, And really try to get your head around this decision-making process. The more you go through this decision-making process, even in pregnancy, um, the easier it's going to be throughout the rest of your pregnancy experience and the much easier it's going to be having to make a decision during the process of your birth. Even the small ones try to um, start using this decision-making process. So I really hope you enjoyed that. Fuck, that was fun. I really loved that. Um, Please send in your um, decisions that you want me to help break down on this podcast to hello at naturalbirthco.com. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. All of our podcasts are recorded live in the Facebook group, so you are not only the first to listen to the podcast, but you are able to ask questions throughout the podcast. If you wish to jump into the Facebook group, the link is in the show notes. I would really appreciate if you left a five-star written review, shared this podcast with someone who would appreciate, or even share your recent listen on your social stories. Talk to you soon.